Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Wow, buddy! You look healthy and happy. Veterinary surgeon and natural pet food pioneer John Burns knows the positive impact a natural diet has on our beloved pets. That's why he developed Burns Pet Nutrition. Hmm. Maybe I should try some of your pet food myself. Okay, okay. I'll start with a salad. For natural, no nasty, wholesome recipes, choose Burns Pet Nutrition. Available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We've just a week to go now before we're live on stage with the new show, Cocaine Cowboys. Final tickets on sale for Limerick, Cork and Dublin from mcd.ie are venues. Brian Colopy was regarded as the kind of head of that faction. They're based in St. Mary's Park in Limerick. They became allies with the Keane family, headed by Christy Keane, but they were always seen as a slightly separate outfit. A number of the Colopy brothers have become before the courts again and again. They've been a target for the Guardies since the early 2000s. A number of them have served lengthy prison sentences, including both Jonathan and Vincent this week. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Two notorious Limerick brothers were found not guilty of assaulting a sulky driver and causing him harm after he dramatically changed his statement and said he'd identified the wrong men. Vincent and Jonathan Colopy, members of the notorious Keane Colopy faction, walked free after they were found not guilty. So what was behind the extraordinary circumstances of the case? And what organised crime in Limerick is still controlled by the Colopy gang? Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about a gang of brothers with blood loyalties and their influence in Ireland's gangland. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. The t-shirt is sort of twofold, right? Yeah. It is part of our live show, which will be on tonight in Limerick's Lime Tree Theatre. Yeah. Um, Any final tickets would be on sale there today. But it's also because you've slobbered not only a coffee, but also your lunch on your clothes. You actually had a change of clothes, you've already changed, and you managed to go it again at lunchtime. All down. That's the negative thing. And you know what What? I also saw you doing? What? Having eaten, you did that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so just clean your hands and your clothes. And that doesn't work for our audio listeners, the vast majority of them, Nicola. Um, yeah, look. So I had to give you one of the fresh out of the box. I had to drag that box down yeah. here to the studio and get a knife find and open find it. Find an extra large because my excessively muscular physique, well, wasn't it? <laughs> well, the large was a little bit cosy on you. <laughs> 
which you said, which you told me in a really nice way. I was just <laughs> looks a bit cosy and you're a little bit tight. <laughs> just a little bit. Anyway, it's perfect on looks you now. It's fantastic now, all right, definitely. So speaking about Limerick, um, we're going to talk about this extraordinary story this week with the Colopy brothers, Vincent, who's 44, and Jonathan. Um, and both of them walk free from a court, uh, you know, in extraordinary circumstances. Extraordinary circumstances. Um, the, the judge directed the jury to find them not guilty. Um, it was a case involving, uh, the allegation was that um, Vincent and Jonathan and another man were driving behind a sulky uh, driver, yeah. a guy called Darren Wallace. And for whatever reason, uh, they, they were known to each other, according to Darren Wallace, which he didn't uh, retract. Um, they bashed into him with the car, then got out and uh, there was uh, an alleged assault and he was beaten with sticks. In the aftermath, uh, Mr. Wallace went to the police station or the police were called. He gave a detailed statement saying he'd known Vincent and Jonathan for, I think it was a decade, um, and had given a statement posed for pictures because there were pictures of his injuries were mentioned in court. But when it came to court uh, this week or last week, um, he said he made a mistake and that he uh, had received a whack on the head and made a mistake at the time identifying right. them. Right. Now, a couple of things there. Would you call somebody uh, steering a sulky bit as a driver? Or is there another term for that? I don't know. A equestrian sul- term. As, as, I don't know. A sulky user to, to be the, the what service What would you say? User? Like, uh, you know, somebody who's... Sulky dude. Sulky dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. a guy in a sulky. Anyway. Sulky. And for anybody who doesn't know what a sulky is, it's a horse-drawn car, basically. Horse. I mean, they're, they're, they're raced uh, up and down the, the, the roads of Ireland, really. Yeah. Big business. Illegally. Funny. Illegally, but a big business. Um, yeah. You know, some of... We've, we've seen horses kind of exchange for huge amounts of money and it's very much associated uh, with a, a number of very serious criminal figures have been involved in it over the years um, and have spent huge money on horses. So it really is an underground. And they bet, obviously, on these races. They bet on them. Now, we've seen some of these um, races, these sort of, you know, pop-up races, shall we call them, happen on the NACE dual carriageway and to much fear of the drivers who are on the road as these horses and cart come careering by them, followed by the crowds that are, you know, probably betting on them. Um, the speeds they go at is oh, yeah, phenomenal. I mean, they obviously, they, they they need a number of lanes to, to, to race each other. Like yeah. So that that is why they, they tend to be on the motorways or on, on the, uh, the dual carriageways. Would we be the only country in Europe that has that kind of carry on in the motorways? Well, I know it, they do happen in England, obviously, as well. Yeah. But I don't know, other than that, no, it, it seems unlikely. Obviously, they, they tend to happen really early in the mornings. Yeah, because they, of course, organise them in the same way let's say raves used to be organised by word of mouth, by WhatsApp groups and people are told to be in a particular place at a particular time. There's obviously no advertising. No. Because they don't want this shit down. There is a lot on social media. Um, Look, it's it's something that continues to go on and and there is a particular season sort of uh, when they happen. But yeah, obviously this one went awry. And on the Sandy Lane in Boher in County Limerick on April 7th, 2020. Yeah. Were we not in lockdown then? I don't, Just I don't throwing know. that out. I don't know. Just throwing that out. Um, well, I mean, that was a few days after uh, Robbie Lawler had been murdered up yeah. in, in Ardoin in North Belfast. And I recall being up there. 
because we had special permits to travel. Uh, nothing on the roads. It was really quiet. So maybe this was actually a kind of a hit, safe time to have hitman, a... The hitman didn't obey the lockdown on that occasion. They didn't. Which is shocking. They didn't. But they in didn't fact... On this occasion either. Of course, um, in, the, in that Robbie Lawler murder, there was a number of people arrested from Limerick. And although they would have been from the Dundon McCarthy wing, and of course the Dundon McCarthy wing famously fought with the Keane Colopy uh, faction in mm. Limerick, um, both of which, uh, the two men who walked free after this uh, change of heart in the witness stand, both Vincent and Jonathan would have been from from the Colopy clan. Yeah. Um, and they are literally a clan. They're a group of brothers. There's, what, six of them? There's six that of them. That yeah. we have criminal convictions. Yes. And um, so, I mean, uh, Brian Colopy was regarded as the kind of head of the that faction. Um, they're based in St. Mary's Park in Limerick. Um, they became allies with the Keens, but they were with the Keen family and Chris, headed by Christy Keen. But they were always seen as a slightly separate outfit. A number of the Colopy brothers have become before the courts again and again. Um, they've been a target for the Gardaí since the early 2000s. And uh, they've a number of them have served lengthy prison sentences, including uh, both Jonathan and Vincent this week. Vincent is currently serving a... a a six-year sentence in connection with uh, a drug dealing operation. So they've come before the courts uh, many times. Um, Brian Colopy was regarded as the head of the the gang. He at one stage made a significant settlement with the Criminal Assets Bureau. Um, the Colopies, uh, if you remember, they had they were not just involved in in drug dealing in Limerick, but they also had. Uh, handling in other parts of the West Coast, in particular in Galway, which you kind of hear a lot less about uh, in terms of drug dealing in that city, in terms of gangs that were operating. But Brian Colopy was a, a very serious player there. They were they had associations with with the Radican gang, but probably their 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 biggest association was with George Mitchell and 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 of course George Mitchell's brother was recorded meeting with one of them. Paddy. Yeah, Paddy, who who ultimately died a, died of natural causes. So they were a major operation. Um, they were kind of really central to the heroin distribution around the Limerick area and into the neighbouring counties. I think Limerick really, you could say, controls Galway, Clare, and maybe a little bit further north with the drug. Yeah, I mean, actually, they 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 both have their kind of zones of influence. I mean, certainly the the McCarthy faction definitely reached into parts of Kerry and parts of Cork, um, the Dundons as well in that part of the county. But the Colopies certainly in in Galway they were probably the main suppliers. As you said, there was they certainly were a street dealing gang in their initial kind of incarnation, I suppose. Um, but also they became heavily involved in the cocaine trade. Mm. And if you remember um, at the height of the Dundon-McCarty feud, uh, there, the, the, the Dundon's prime target was Philip Colopy, um, who was regarded really as the muscle for the Colopy gang. Um, if you remember some of the, 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 the trials, certainly involving, uh, you know, the the, the murder of Shane Gagan, there was all, there was a discussion in the aftermath when they shot the wrong guy, they shot Shane Gagan. They were aiming for a guy called Johnny Pitchfork McNamara. And straight after that, uh, John Dundon phoned up Philip Colopy to brag about the murder. So they, Philip Colopy was probably their number one target for the Dundon McCarthy's at the height of that feud. So was he the leader really of the Colopy gang or no, just the muscle? He was the muscle. 
And Brian, Brian, Brian was the brains, yeah. sort of quieter guy. Uh, he'd also survived a, a hit attempt during his life, um, but he was the number one yeah. brains behind the drug dealing operation. Um, he served a lengthy sentence after he was caught with uh, thirty-seven thousand uh, pounds worth of drugs in in, and he got an eight-year sentence in at one stage. That so. was heroin, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Brian was. Um, the brains, but Philip Colopy, of course, was one of those, I suppose, bizarre, but nonetheless tragic for his family incidents where he he died after he was at a party. Um, during that party, he was showing off a gun he had, uh, you know, in front of a group of people. Um, you know, there was a, a, a bullet had been left in the catch or however it is. Um, and he put the gun to his head and accidentally shot himself that yeah. way. Um, died in front of all those people at the party, at the, the cocaine fuel party. I actually recall, whatever year that was, yeah. um, I recall being in the newsroom on the Saturday when uh, Paul Williams was working in the Sunday world at the time yeah. and he had done a lot of work on the Murder Inc, as he called them, the yeah. the kind of the gangs of Limerick. Um, and he got the phone call. So it was obviously a Friday night that yeah, happened yeah. Yeah. the early hours of the Saturday morning. Um, and there was a scramble then obviously to change the front page, hold yeah. the front page for the story because it was so significant. He was such a significant individual, Philip Colopy, yeah. as part of those warring gangs. So the brothers, so Brian... Would be the 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 brains of it. Then you have, like, I mean, there's a lot of them, there's and of them. I mean, Brian is now. I'm just looking. So in in 2021, when he was released after getting that seven year sentence, when he was caught with the heroin, he was at that point 48. So he's now 50. Yeah. I mean, when are they going to retire well, out of this? Have they gathered and have they been part of the kind of more sophisticated? Uh, money laundering, more business-driven drug dealing that has happened in Limerick over the past decade? Well, I mean, they were involved in, these These guys were involved in a, a sort of lower level of, of, of money laundering and money washing. Um, you know, they've been uh, involved in ice cream vans, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian was, at one occasion, photographed, actually giving out the ice cream. To the kids? Yeah. Ooh. So... And he'd been involved in various other cash businesses. But, you know, what really happened to them was that they became undone by one of these, uh, they they were threatening this guy called Willie Moran. Uh, Millie Warren had been an associate of them. He had known them for many years. After Philip died, um, uh, they claimed Willie Moran owned, or had owed Phil Philip money. Um, and some of the brothers had gone down to threaten him to demand he paid it over. And ultimately what happened was they put him under enough pressure that he that he flipped and he he became a state witness. Um, just like other state witnesses, it was a very tense situation. Uh, I actually went down and met him. Uh, Willie Moran, he did an interview with us. While he was under protection. While he was under protection. Just like, um, if you remember, a similar thing happened amongst the Dundon McCarthy gang. Mark Heffernan. Mark Heffernan as well, who who had also given witness, given evidence and put away five or six guys, I think, in, in the end, including members, Jared Dundon and, and members of the Collins family. A similar situation arose at Willie Bourne and he was, in fairness to him, he was a, a brave man for doing so what, what he did. What age was he around then? But he was a, he was a man in his 40s with a, with a family. Um, but he, you know, we always hear this. Were they protected within Limerick, do you remember? They, or was oh it yes, outside? they were protected within Limerick. He wasn't put on any uh, witness protection programme, but they had... He had that 24-hour 
yeah. armed guards outside his house for a number of years. He probably wouldn't move though. I mean, I know a lot of sort of, you know, other witnesses that have emerged from Limerick have like never moved out of those homes that they live in, no. which are, everyone knows where they are and they've, you know, in a way. Yeah. I mean, it was, look, it was really, really tough. Where are they going to go? How are they going to hide in Ireland? They don't want to go abroad when they're waiting to give evidence. And No, um, they were like, I mean, look, I th- I have to say, I thought he was, he was quite impressive when I met him in that, although it was obviously a terrifying situation in one way and his concerns for his family and, and all of that, but he wasn't particularly scared of them in another way. Now, he may not have been an angel all his life either. Um, but as a result of that, um, a number of people uh, ended up serving prison sentences, yeah. uh, including Vincent and including Kieran Colopy, um, another brother. Um, Kieran Colopy had also then ultimately be convicted of of uh, heroin dealing along with Brian. Um, and he has also been a target for Cab as well in that a house was ultimately taken off him in, in St. Mary's Park. There's another brother, Ray Colopy, who, uh, you know, I think he was involved in in a, this famous uh this fight in a fast food restaurant in Limerick in 2003. Now, if you look back on it, um, it's kind of like a Limerick feud, who's who. Yeah. Of all the people who became involved, it was basically the McCarthy's ran into a group of the Colopies and they had a big a big fight in, in, in a restaurant. Um, and Ray was ultimately convicted of, you know, assault uh, involving that. But he hasn't appeared on the radar to the same extent. A very keen fisherman, actually. I think he's a... You know, he's a, a champion fisherman, actually. Oh. Um, and then, of course, there was uh, Brian's son, Kenneth Colopy, uh, who was, became, uh, is serving a life sentence for a gangland hit as well. Uh, as a very young man, I think the, the the murder, which was a bit of a mystery, the guy they targeted hadn't, uh, you know, wasn't a well-known criminal figure, but he got convicted. He was very young. I mean, I think he was 20 years old and he's currently serving a life sentence. So they constantly, they were kept in Limerick Prison, the Colopies, and really ran a wing of, of, of that prison when they were in there. Um, you know, it's interesting because they all still pretty much remain in St. Mary's Park and I was delving in a little bit to um, the history of social housing, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, Just a project I'm working on both in Dublin and in Limerick. And of course, what happened was the tenements became dangerous and they were so overcrowded in Dublin. Then you had, first of all, maybe Cabra and those sort of suburbs being built in the 30s, but really in the 60s, 70s, 80s, you had these vast housing estates of Coolock, Ballymun, um, you know, Tala and Blanchardstown all building up. But in Limerick as well, so St. Mary's Park was built in the 30s and it was in a direct response to the the housing crisis in Limerick City. And of course, it's it's built on what they call King's Island, which is uh, basically assessed through one accessed through one road on and one road off. Now, maybe there's more than one road on. Maybe there's two bridges going onto it. But it is an island. And what happened was there's currently, I think, uh, the most up-to-date position is there is 463 houses, but say up to 300 of them are now privately owned. So while the council built these, they, they, and in Dublin too, either had 
buyback schemes for the tenants or else they allowed the tenants move on or whatever. Yeah. And what you had then was the colopies are probably there generations now. Yeah. So so they've a real stronghold in that area. Yeah. Um, which was probably to their advantage during the years of the feuding because it's pretty safe. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's like almost like a kind of a, you know, a fortress. Yeah, I mean, they, and, and in fact, they did have a fortified house in there. So, because the police did have to, it's a major operation for them to go in. They have to go in heavy handed and they will be seen coming. Um, so they absolutely, and they, 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 they absolutely ran that area. Yeah. I mean, I think the equivalent of the likes of Kulak and the Ballymuns, the ones that came later, would be Moy Ross, South yeah. Hill, um, probably Weston, Balnacurra Weston, were all built kind of as the population expanded. But obviously mistakes were made with all that social housing yeah. back in the day in that, you know, they were sort of filled with people who had higher chance than others to be unemployed. Yeah. Um, they didn't have the services available to cope with a big, huge population, didn't have the quality of schools. Certainly, I remember Ballymun barely had, and like barely, just didn't have enough shops and doctors no, and, and all of that type of thing. And then some of the schemes that they ran, you know, for people to move out of, the ones that went for them yeah. were probably the more educated. So yeah. it actually left a sort of deficit that what you had was... Uh, unemployed single men, you had single mothers and you had this situation where, you know, if you look at the actually statistics of, you know, employment rates and obviously it was very poor during the 1980s, things started to get better in the 1990s, but not in these areas at all. They remained with these very stark unemployment figures and were sort of, I suppose, forgotten then from an employment point of view as the, you know, the economy moved into even better place the late 90s and into the new millennium. Um, but sort of when you have a situation, a housing situation like that, you have a large family and the Colopies are a familial yeah. crime gang. Yeah. You know, you've created this place where they have their own. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, obviously the, there's the family bonds mean that people can trust each other. Yeah. Um, uh, Very difficult for police to get garner intelligence from those family run organizations because they're trying to sort of bed in or, or break through not only a gang, but a family. Yeah. And I mean, it was a funny thing. I mean, I don't rem- know if you remember at the height of the Limerick feud, there was a a, a picture um, where they, the feud was declared over. Do you remember this? Yeah. And they, yeah, they yes, you know, yes. So it was almost like... The, they were shaking hands. They were shaking hands and there was a member of the Colopy family was amongst that crowd. Uh, I think Jimmy Collins Sr. was there and peace was declared formally. I mean, it was almost like uh, the paramilitaries or, or you know what I mean? Like yeah, it was, yeah. it was really unusual um, because obviously we tended to get a lot of grief for focusing on on the violence in Limerick and that it was affecting the city, uh, the reputation of the city. But it really was a, a massive concentration of, 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 of shootings at the time. And people like members of the Colopy family will have lived under active threat for over a decade yeah. where they, you know, innocent members of the family too couldn't uh, go into certain parts of the town were always at risk but like the city centre itself is quite you know concentrated yeah and what you have is the likes of St Mary's Park yeah um, 
Moiras, Balnacurra West, not that far outside no. the city. So everybody does converge there. Yeah. I, I always think Limerick is, you know, Dublin, I suppose it's, 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 wider, it's a yeah. bigger space. A lot of the kind of the criminal activity that is concentrated in cer- certain areas is outside the city centre. Obviously, there's a lot of criminal yeah. activity within the city centre as well. But Limerick, you have these, like, I mean, you're, you're six minute drive from one area into yeah. a rival's turf. And yeah. um, I suppose these gangs have all, you know, they're in their 50s now. They're probably, yeah, but it, two generations beneath them. Yeah, I mean... They probably have grandchildren coming of age and... Yeah, they absolutely do. I mean, and if you... But if you look at... I mean, Limerick has been a boat of policing success and, you know, there has been huge good work done by community groups as well. I mean, you saw that, I think, over an extended period of time where those community organisations really did start to make a difference, particularly places like Moy Ross. Um, you know, they really helped change a dynamic. Well, Ross is really quiet now, actually. Yeah. It's kind of settled. Yeah. I think it was that way before. Yeah. Um, you know, people who live in Moiras would be very proud of the yeah. area. It's very well located. Um, you know, the regeneration program, which I think around 2007, 2008, when it was first muted, they were talking about putting 3.6 billion, yeah. billion into yeah. Limerick, which would have made a big difference. Yeah. But by the time it... Uh, you know, it actually came to pass at around 2011, 2012 when it started, there was a pot of 360 million, yeah. which was a big, big come down. There's only, you know, they were looking to to regenerate a number of those housing estates, knock houses, you know, leave bigger green spaces between them um, and try and fix some of those houses that had all been destroyed yeah. during the the those years of uh, gang wars because, of course, the likes of the Dundons threatened their neighbours and made them move out of the houses and they they wanted vacant properties beside them. They were dealing, they were actually using these properties as currency, even with yeah. the Kinahan organisation. So it was gang rule. And, you know, this regeneration project, look, it has certainly done good. I don't think you'll see the results of it probably for another 10 years. But if you look at the, how the policing the intervention of the policing, like it's really interesting how they really had their success. Um, you know, the Dundon wing of the Dundon McCarthy's were really brought to a halt by uh, people within like the Collins family, basically, and Mark Heffernan. They, by them becoming witnesses, um, mm. they needed human witnesses to yeah. put them away. Mark Heffernan began the process that actually caused a lot of tension within within the between the the, the within the Dundon organization and then the two Collins women gave evidence and put them away. And that happened over a period of time. People living in the city, living amongst these people, putting them away. Willie Moran did the same for the Collapies. Mm. I mean they continued to but be the level of violence and the level of activity they're at, you know. <laughs> Like it has to implode. It, it has. To. I, I don't think it's sustainable. No. that kind of thing. I mean, we saw it in Drogheda yeah. more recently, um, and obviously, you know, nobody's taking their eye off the ball in Drogheda. There's still ongoing yeah. tensions, but that level of kind of feuding when you've you're seeing constant arson attacks, intimidation, threats, shootings, pipe bomb attacks, it sort of reaches a crescendo, and almost those who are directing it 
will always fall. They, it just, it does, it doesn't seem feasible that people can continue no. living like that. The pressures everybody's under, and you know, obviously, then the, the underlings get fed up. Yeah, and that's, that's and, it. Was interesting how it just happened in Limerick that it actually came from those human witnesses. Yeah. maybe it's in a, a, a you know a decade before digital interventions, if you want. Yeah. Um, like we we didn't have so much of that, obviously, in the Hutch Kinahan feud. There's nobody really come forward as a as a personal witness against the Kinahan cartel figures, really. Yeah. It's all been, you know, the guards have had their great success through through surveillance, really, haven't they? And, yeah. and, and bugging and tracking and all of that sort of stuff is really how they managed to break them. But a number of years earlier, back around the 2010 time, the Limerick Guardi had huge success in 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 developing witnesses, having those witnesses stay in situ and protecting them and, you know, encouraging them to come to court. And it really put a dent in in, in both of those uh, two warring factions. And of course, there's ongoing investigations into some corruption within the force in yeah. the Limerick area, which we can't discuss. Uh, we will do, no doubt, in the future. But um, I'm sure the majority of, you know, both police, I think politicians and community workers sort of really all put their shoulder to the wheel to try and stop all that chaos in Limerick yeah. and to try and create a brighter future for those who are coming up which, next. Yeah, and which has, which is the case. I mean, it is brighter than it was. And like any of these tr these big changes take a lot of time. And they do. And I, I think it's, it's di they're difficult to measure for yeah. a while. I mean, I do think that, and we talk about, you know, there's been recent raids in relation to the McCarthy's, those Dundon certainly... Characters are still, they have some influence. There's yeah. kind of a, a younger grouping coming up. They're still, we're still talking about the Colopies. I think people can't beat themselves up over the fact oh. that you just don't stop a criminal oh. gang, especially when they're familial, because you have generations of, of kids and young people coming up living that life like it's a family business. Yeah. And it's, I don't think it's impossible to stop it, but it does seem everybody would admit academics and community workers that it's the hardest of all to reach into a family and to try and yeah. sort of change the course that the parents have taken. Yeah, I mean, look, it is it is difficult, um, but I, I suppose it's Limerick will show you that it's not a hopeless scenario either. No, and I suppose it's the ch it's 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 what they're you know it's the lives that of those kids that have come up over the past ten years that who have been steered away maybe from gang activity or who have yeah. been given sort of an. Or endured the trauma of, 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 you know, people being shot around them, you mm. know, one way or another. Yeah, but anyway, so the we started off talking about an extraordinary scenario when somebody loses their yeah. memory through, he got yeah. a wallop in the head, was it? And well, he, he made a mistake, yeah. And mistake. of course, the guards did come into court and say he seemed extremely sharp when he was making the original statement. But yeah, yeah it, it is an extraordinary moment, I think. Um what do they? What do you do if a witness changes their no. their memory of what happened? I mean, it, it literally there's all the court can do is when you, the evidence isn't in front of them when the witness hasn't stood up the original statements. What can they do? But uh, yeah. leave them walk free. No doubt we haven't heard the end of the Colopies anyway, and there's still you know ongoing investigations into their activities there. So right, we we'll leave it at that, and we'll hit the road for Limerick. Exactly. Thank you, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced 
by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.